0: I am really excited about where we're going. Um, you know, when you come back from vacation, you just want to have this message that's just, just, you know, it's like just so positive. It's so wonderful. It's just jump and run and scream. And then you go on vacation and the Lord starts dealing with something. He's been birthing it in me. It's a big part of my walk with the Lord. And uh, I want to start a series tonight on on developing spiritual strength. And we're going to specifically talk about your heart because your heart is so important. In your life, God's will for your life is that you go from, as we sang tonight, from glory to glory to glory. But I'm here to tell you, the glory to glory to glory, what that means is, The enemy, there's an enemy out there. Now, he's defeated, but you're going to face a lion. You're going to face bears. You're going to face Goliaths, right? The world system's going to try to put you into a fiery furnace, and none of that is to move you at all. But the enemy knows that the control center of your life is what the Bible many times calls the heart, okay? So, and, and, and this is, we separate these things, the three parts of man to study them, but you know, you are a spirit, right? The Bible says that, that you have been made in the image and likeness of God. I mean, he spoke everything into existence, but man, he took mud, right, dirt, and he formed man's body, and then he breathed into man, the, it, he took something of himself. He breathed into him his spirit, and man became a living. The Bible says he became a living soul. Even from the beginning, when you study spirit and soul, it's it's really hard to discern it because it's one. It's, it's, it's separate, but it's one. So I am a spirit and I possess a soul, right? If I were to go home to be with the Lord right now, the Bible says, to be absent from my body, what is my body? I'm a spirit, I possess a soul, and I live in a physical body. This is my earth suit. This gives me a legal right to be on this planet, right? If my spirit, and if I were to die, which for a Christian, death doesn't mean you cease to exist, right? No, 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 man is eternal. There's never been a human being that's ever ceased to exist. Every human being from Adam and Eve on is still alive today, right? And, and, and I'm telling you, eternity is a lot like real estate. You know, what do they say is important in real estate? Location, 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 right? Well, you want to make sure, the Bible says to be absent from the body for a Christian is to be present with the Lord. What does that mean? What happens when a Christian dies? Your spirit and your soul separate from your body and are present with God. That's all that that means, right? So we're talking about the heart. The Bible will use the word heart, but so many times it's the Greek word cardia, okay? And I, I think one night we were talking about cardia, if you guys remember, G2588, right? You know, And it's talking about, it talks about the center, but part of that word, a big part of that word is your, the center of your affections, your intellect, your emotions. It's talking not just about the spirit, but it's talking about the soul. And we learn that our mind is the control center of our life, right? Satan can't touch your spirit. He can't even communicate to your spirit, right? He's so defeated, he's so separate, he can't do that. But he will speak to your mind because he knows that's a control center. So in order to develop spiritual strength, you have to learn how to live out of your spirit, but you've got to guard your heart. And even the word heart, what I'm talking about is you want to guard Yes, it's your spirit, but mainly you gotta guard your mind. Okay? So when we talk about guarding your heart, we're talking about guarding your mind. The Bible talks a lot about that. You gotta take thoughts captive, you gotta make sure you're looking at certain things. Jesus said, Be careful who you listen to, what you're listening to, yeah. right? All these things. Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to develop spiritual strength. There is one area in the Word of God that really needs to get our attention, and it's not talked about. So this is kind of a... This is a Brussels sprout series, okay? It will will produce great nutrition for you. But I'm going to really try to... See when you know what people do with something like a Brussels sprout is they got to put all kinds of stuff on it, bacon, garlic, you know, all this stuff to try to make it something like a Brussels sprout taste good. But the word is really good, and and but what we're doing is we saturate the word of God in the anointing, and it just tastes wonderful, right? It's life-giving because so many Christians. They will get offended. They will get distracted. They will will not want to ever be corrected. They never want to learn how to submit. And they live their life with Jesus. Yes, he's he's my Jesus. Here's my little Jesus over here. He's my savior. He's my ticket to heaven because I don't want to go to hell. But I'm going to live my life like I'm my own Lord. And, and there's, no, there's no life in that. That's right. And so, boy, the Lord's been really pressing me. So I want you to believe God with me for utterance. Because the Word of God builds up. It encourages you. I, I believe that as we get into this, and we're going to see something. See, there's one area. You see in the Bible incurable diseases. People at the point of death healed. There's no incurable disease, right? Jesus redeemed us from all that. But the Bible talks about something that's incurable, something that his kids, it it could literally put you in a position where you are utterly destroyed and you don't walk out God's plan for your life. It's not because you can't turn, you just won't. So that's why we want to talk about this. This is so big in me. You know, this year, the Lord, um, it was funny. I was sitting in a jacuzzi. You know, we're in California and sitting in a jacuzzi. And you could imagine me, right, in California sitting in a jacuzzi. Well, in a matter of minutes or seconds, I'm going to be talking about Jesus, right? Sometimes that kind of goes over like a lead balloon, right? Because, you know, but in, in this situation, there was a bunch of believers, So, man, we were just having a great time. But we were talking about some of these things. And, uh, guys, God has a plan for the church. He has a plan for your life. I mean, he wants to do massive things in your life. And here's the thing, in a very compacted time frame where maybe 20, 30 years People were growing and growing and growing. You're going to see people walking out their plan in a very short period of time now because time is very short. So there is so much revelation. So I just want you to believe with me for utterance and I want you to just focus. Just forget everything else in your life and let's look at the Word of God because we don't want to harden our heart. That is literally we see it over and over, but we've never really showcased it the way God wants to right now. This kept the children of Israel out. They would not, God could not get them to change their heart. And, and, And they died in the wilderness, outside of the will of God. And there's a lot of Christians that don't understand why they can't figure out what to do with their life, and the reason why is because they're stiff, they're hardened, right? And God wants you pliable. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you, he's able to give you the desires of your heart, which are expressions of his will for your life. But that word delight, it means to make God the source of your joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. But the foundation of that Hebrew word delight means to be pliable, right? There, there are Christians, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not talking about our Baptist brothers or our Episcopal brothers, I'm talking about us, right? We have, to, we have to make sure we stay soft. And so we're going to get in the word of God and we're going to see how we can become and stay soft so that God could just move and do in us and through us what he wants to. Amen? You guys ready? So go to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 23 tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been trying to compact this down, so I only have 17 pages of notes, So, but uh, we will just take our time and praise God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and I want you to pull up the, if you could pull up the King James Version, I would appreciate it. There we go. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it, or out of the heart, are the issues of life. See, the Lord made our heart the driving force behind our actions, okay? Now remember, when I'm talking about our heart, even this Hebrew word here, this Hebrew word heart, it literally means the inner man, it it, it literally means the mind and the will. So it's not just talking about your spirit, it's talking about your soul, your mind, You could even say it like this, because this will help you, keep your mind with all diligence. Well, if you keep your mind, guess what? Your spirit is going to grow, right? Because out of it flow the issues of your life. First of all, the word keep is real interesting. It means to guard, to watch over, to observe. It literally means to hide. And preserve your heart. So if you want to say mind, God wants you to guard and watch over your mind. To preserve it. To hide it. To, to keep it. What do I mean by that? Man, I'm telling you, you could hear all kinds of junk that'll get you going in a wrong direction. Right? And see, here's the problem that we have is we all have flesh, and our flesh still has that old nature in it. Yes, it does. So all you have to do to be in pride, to be selfish or self-centered, this is all you have to do, nothing. Yeah. But if you want to walk triumphant in life, strong, settled, satisfied, in faith, not fearing anything, you're going to have to guard your mind you to going to have to guard it, right? So keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues. Now, this is an interesting Hebrew word. The issues of life. It literally means the boundaries or the borders of life. Do you realize that you set your boundaries and you set your borders? Do you know some people... They want ministry so bad. But it's like, God, you got to. I'm willing to do anything for you as long as it fits right in my little life. God, I give you my life. I just want to pastor four miles inland from Laguna Beach so that my office could be at Crescent Beach in Laguna every day. And I'll serve you with all of my life. Do you know you couldn't drag me back there? Because that's not where I'm supposed to be. Right? And, And there's no desire in my heart for that. Now, do I enjoy the ocean? Absolutely. Enjoy it, love it. But I'm a Nebraskan. Why? Because that's what God made me. Right? But see, here's the thing. If your boundaries are here, but God's called you here, you're never going to be able to see it. Or you'll see no way of it ever coming to pass. So what the Word of God will do as you guard your heart, as as you renew your mind with the Word of God, you literally, He's able to enlarge your borders. See, some people... Their borders are literally so small, but yet their heart, what the plan of God in their heart is for them to be past this border, but they're not past the border, right? Some people have been so hurt that they have this border in their life and they're afraid to ever go outside the border. I could never, ever trust anybody again because i have been so hurt, right? It's a border, but that's a complete lie. I have to guard myself because I've been really hurt. That's a lie. Guard yourself, you'll get stiff, and it'll hurt more. We're going to get into all that because the Bible, it's all over the book. God wants you to put all your trust in Him. He is my everything. I look to nothing else to satisfy me. Therefore, I could be completely satisfied in every arena of my life. I can be completely satisfied with the woman of my dreams. Why? Because He is my satisfaction. But if I look to Jeanette to satisfy me, that's not the way it. That's not the way it, it works. And, and, I'll, and I'll never be able to be as free. So let's keep going with this. You must protect, and you must guard, and you must maintain your heart. Now remember, when I say heart, if I were you, I'd put. I'd put. You could put spirit slash mind. With the emphasis on mind, okay? Because that's a control center. You must protect, guard, and maintain your heart. Now, to do that, you might, not be, you might have to change some close friends. You might have to change your environment. And, and, and see, this is why you, gotta, you have to be pliable. Otherwise, you'll, you'll stiffen up and go, no, 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 no. And see, here's the hard part about it. See, God, to walk with the Lord, it's constantly, I'm in a constant state of he's correcting me and I make adjustments. And and see, sometimes that correction comes through a vessel that does it wrong. And if I'm stiff, I could miss it because that person's a jerk. They treated me like a, that person was a jerk to me. I'm out. Be careful with that. Good Because a person who had a bad day could get you out of place. Right? So, so this is why you got to guard your heart. So you just, you're just pliable. Right? This, this is really, I'm just kind of throwing some stuff out here. It'll all make sense one day, soon. See, here's the reality. None of us can ever act contrary to our heart. You might put on a little facade for a little while, but whatever, whatever Is in your heart or I should say it this way whatever is in your mind those thought processes that have been built in by circumstances and people and all this stuff it you're going to default to that see people they what what will happen and this is this is the amazing thing when God calls you to do something you won't see any way for it to happen And and if you look at this in the natural, you'll have something in your heart, but you'll literally see where I'm at right now, there's no way this can come to pass. You better be careful with that, because you can get out of place, because that's what Satan wants you to do. He wants to separate you and get you out of place. We say it like this, he wants to get you off your path, right? Right? So this is real important. Guard your heart. Here's another. Go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 and verse 35. Jesus speaking here, he says, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, what's ever in abundance in your heart slash mind Your mouth is going to speak that. Right? A good man out of the good treasure, you know what that word treasure means in the Greek? It means deposit. A good man out of the good deposit of the heart. What are you depositing in your heart? Right? Brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure or evil deposit brings forth evil things. You got to be careful what you deposit in your heart. Right? right? You got to be careful. And and here's the thing, we can't work out anybody else's salvation right. because God could call somebody to go in this direction and do this, but he's not calling me to do that. I mean, we see Abraham. Abraham, hey, Abram, listen, there's a famine coming, go to Egypt. Fast forward, Isaac. Isaac, hey, there's a famine coming. Don't go to Egypt, you stay here. Right? Well, now, wait a minute, there's a famine. I, I was growing up in this house, and, and my dad, he, went, he told me about it. He went to, went to Egypt and prospered. I need to get out of here. There's a famine, and I'm a farmer. Not if God says don't go. Guess what? Had he fled and went to a place that seemed easier... See, this is is where it is. A place that seems easier, there wouldn't be a hundredfold return there. Right? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. From the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness. That means what he's done for one, he'll do for all. There's neither shadow of turning. It's a good and perfect gift. You know what that means? You never have to settle. never have to settle. What is in your heart? To know what's in your heart, you got to guard it. Right? So this is, this is going to be a very foundational teaching for you. Here's another scripture. You've heard me say this one, right? Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19 and verse 20. Isaiah 1, 19. If you be willing, if, your choice. If you be willing and obedient, You'll eat. You shall eat. That's a very strong Hebrew phrase. You shall eat the good of the land. Actually, you could translate it this way. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the best that the land can provide. The best. Wow. The CEV version of this says it this way. If you willingly obey me, the best crops in the land will be yours. Willingly obey. You got to guard your heart to do that, right? The Dewey Reams Bible says this, if you be willing and will hearken to me, you shall eat the good things of the land. The New English translation says it this way, if you have a willing attitude and obey me, then you will again eat the good crops of the land, Verse 20, but if you refuse and rebel, and what I want you to see in these two verses, I want you to see the attitude of the heart and of the mind of the individual. If you be willing and obedient, pliable, right? Not stiff-necked, not hardened. You're going to eat the best the land can provide. But if you refuse and rebel... If you refuse and rebel, what? If you refuse and rebel against what I say, it's, it, it doesn't say you're going to eat. It says you'll be eaten. You shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Does God devour you? No, no, no. No. There's an enemy out there that will devour. Yellow. Right? And your father doesn't ever want you to be devoured. So what I want you to see is the attitude of a heart. Do you know how many Christians are one statement from their pastor away from leaving the church? Don't you tell me, pastor, be careful, I'm out. Well, that's okay if God's leading you, but if you're just going, you know what? I'm just sick of my boss at work, I'm out. I'm getting a better job. I'm getting a different job. Be careful because it's in the hard places, that you build strength. Right? So you gotta be careful. I talk, talking to pastors in Tulsa. Tulsa's like Christian Disneyland. You know, they have every ride in the world. You can go to a great church every week and never be planted anywhere. And a lot of people do, right? And they don't grow. Be real careful. Don't be afraid to go into a hard place. Because whenever God leads you into a dark place, guess what? He'll bring light and blessing and everything there. He always causes you to triumph. He always gives you the victory. So we don't run from anything. It's like, God, what do you want me to do? Okay. Right? So let's do this. I want to showcase let's go to Hebrews chapter 3 and I want to look at the children of Israel when I talk about the children of Israel we're gonna start in verse 7 Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 we're gonna go through from verse 7 through the end of the chapter and then we're gonna jump into chapter 4 and we're gonna hit some verses up to about verse 9 of chapter 4 but this is a huge deal this was a pivotal time in the history of, e- of Israel. God delivered them with signs, wonders, and miracles coming out of Egypt. But then God gives us, as New Testament believers, a warning not to be like them. Because they all died without ever walking in their inheritance. They never got there. They never walked in the answer that was already theirs. Okay? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice. Boy, you should highlight that in your Bible. Because the decision to hear his voice is yours. The Bible says, if you will hear it. In other words, God wants you to hear his voice. He has, but it says, if you will hear his voice, harden. Now this word hardened, this is the first time you see that word. You're going to see this word four times. In, in literally less than a chapter, or in about a chapter. Four times. If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. This was a pivotal event in the children of Israel's life. And God takes a lot of time in the word to showcase this for the purpose of warning us not to be like them. Right? Harden. This Hebrew verb, it means to make hard. Hard. It means to make stiff. It means to render stubborn or to become stubborn. You don't ever want to be stubborn with God. Right? It literally means to make callous. Do you know you can make your mind callous? And and, and what happens is now the boundaries of your life it goes from wait a minute well maybe god isn't maybe he doesn't heal everybody maybe he maybe he doesn't even save everybody am i even saved right i mean it, it, there's no end to what satan will try to get you to believe right. Right. see you harden your heart when you hear his voice but you choose not to do what he says you got to be careful it's not multiple choice. Man, I really like that blessing part. I really, Pastor, I love that. Can you talk more about that financial blessing part? I love that part. Can we just kind of forget about that submission part and that forgiveness part, <laughs> right? That, that, you know, I don't really like that. It, it just, no, no, yeah, guess what? None of us really like that. Our, but, but in reality, yeah, all of us really like it. It's just our flesh. Our flesh is what doesn't like it. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. This this word provocation means a day of provoking, a day of irritation. Who did they provoke and who did they irritate? God. And see, we have this picture of Jesus that we have made that we haven't got from the word. I mean, you see things like this. So here's Jesus, he's telling these guys, I'm going to the cross, I'm going to raise in three days, I'm coming back from the dead, all this stuff. They really didn't get it. So then Jesus raises from the dead, Mary sees him, goes back and it's like, hey, I have seen Jesus. They didn't believe her, right? A couple other disciples see him, come back and tell the rest of them, oh man, I saw Jesus. They're like, yeah, we don't believe it. Thomas is even like, listen, Unless I could actually stick my finger in his wrists and thrust my fist in his side, I will not believe it, right? So now here's Jesus. He steps into the room where all of them are at. And right, I mean, now they all see the risen Lord. And you'd think, wow, this is going to be a day of celebration. What does Jesus do? He rebukes them because they didn't believe. See, God, why would Jesus rebuke them? Come on, Jesus is love. Yeah, he is. And this loving Jesus knew that if we don't fix this hardness, it could keep these guys out forever. And see, that's that's where the Bible will say things like this. God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. Why? He has to do that. Because if he gives grace to the proud, they will continue to be prideful, and they will die in that without remedy. Right? You guys are kind of looking at me like, okay, I think this is really good, but this is kind of intense, but (laughs) it's all good. We're all in the same boat, and we're all going to get it right we're going to get it together so this is good in the day of provocation in the day of temptation this means in the day of a putting to the test or to prove in the wilderness verse 9 when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works for 40 years for 40 years they saw his works Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err, err. That means to wander and to be deceived in their heart. They do, I was grieved with them because they're always erring. They're always being deceived in their mind. And and the story, these guys, It's amazing. You know, we're going to look at stories over and over and over again. God would say, okay, guys, there's going to be manna here. Moses is going to go, now listen, pick enough up for the day. Don't keep it till tomorrow. What do they do? They keep it. Right? At one point, they're like, okay, it's time to go in. Go into the promised land. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not going in. Right? So the Lord goes... Okay, so you're just going to be in the wilderness. Oh, whoa, whoa! Time out, time out. What? Wait, wait, wait. No, we'll go in, and God's like, Oh, no, no, no! Don't go in now, because I'm not with you. No, no, we're going to go in. If He said don't, they did it. If He said did it, then they wouldn't. For 40 years, always. This is what I want you to see. Always erred in their heart. This is what I want you to see. See, you're not, you're not going to miss the plan of God for your life if you mess up this one time. This is talking about a time after time after time after time. For me, I had to finally, you know, I saw this movie. I think I've said this to you before. Years and years ago, they had this Indiana Jones movie where, the, I think it was the, the Holy Grail or whatever, and, and he, his dad was dying, and he had to get the cup, you know, which is ridiculous, but anyway, he had to get this cup, which, you know, if you put the water from the cup on his dad, he would live, it would heal a body and all this stuff, but to get to this cave, he had to do the step of faith, and there was this massive cliff, and he had to literally step off of it. What he didn't know is there was a path, but you couldn't see it, right? So I remember seeing that, and instantly, it just, because of where I was at, I'm, I'm, I just started crying, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've come up to that cliff, and I've, and I've said no, and I've turned around and, and walked away. And so I go to my pastor, you know, in California, and, uh, and I talk to him about, it. I'm like, oh man, I saw this movie, and I told him about the cliff, and the minute I said that, he goes, oh, I saw that. You know, he wasn't very emotional, but he, got, he was actually kind of a little emotional, right? And he's like, oh, that was, man, I've stepped off that cliff so many times. And I looked at him. I was, his, I was his youth pastor. I'm sure he was really blessed by this statement. I looked at him, and I said, I've never stepped off that cliff. I've always turned around and went around the mountain. And he, and he smiled at me, and he said, well, he goes, God's so good, he'll keep bringing you back around to the same cliff. and, and, and that's what, But here's the thing. Those trips around the mountain, they'll cost you. They'll cost you. Right? And, and so, so we, we want to get to the point where we step. When we err over and over and over again, that's what we want to keep from doing. In order to do that, we've got to guard our heart. We've got to guard our mind. Guys, I'd love to tell you that you could just live your life and have Jesus as a peripheral. And and you can. You can do that. And if you're genuinely born again, you'll go to heaven. But you'll miss the plan of God for your life down here. Completely miss it. And you'll deal with stuff down here that you don't have to. Right? There's a place in God. He wants you. Is the world getting a little crazy? Yes. Guess what? It's gonna probably get crazier. But guess what else? The church is gonna get stronger. And I'm telling you, nothing's gonna move us. And the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. And nobody's gonna take my life. Now, if the Lord wants me to lay it down, I'll lay it down, but nobody's gonna take it. And I don't care what happens to economies. Now I'm going to pray for our country, I'm going to do this, I'm going to vote, I'm going to vote righteousness, I'm not going to get caught up in all this nonsense, I'm going to be led by the Spirit so that I could be effective in what I do, but I'm never going to be moved by anything because He is my provider. He is my protector, right? Nobody's going to apprehend my grandchildren or my children, nobody is. Why? Because salvation, I possess it, freedom from apprehension. You deal with me, you're going to have to deal with one of my father's servants. They're called angels. Wow. One of them killed 186,000 people in one night with a sword. I'm not really worried. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that reverence, honor, and respect him. And they're there to deliver us. Right? So let's keep going with this. They do always err in their heart. You see this over and over. They were unpersuadable. They would always say that they couldn't have what God said that he gave them. And we have believers, we do that now, right? We can do that so easily. They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest verse 12 take heed this word t- this phrase take heed in the hebrew language means see and discern this see in other words the holy ghost is is, is is breathing this guys you need to see and discern this my brothers lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief that word unbelief means a rebellious disobedience. It means faithlessness. It literally means you say that you cannot have what God says he gave you. You have to guard your heart. You have to take heed. You have to take heed to the word of God. This is, this is something you've got to keep your eyes on. How often? Always. Right? Now remember... Here's the cool thing. We're going to see this in this study. There are some really evil people in the Old Testament. I mean, one guy, we might look at this story, Ahab, King Ahab, right? And Jezebel, his wife. Wow. The evil twins, right? We know what that's like. There's probably some people on the planet. You could probably say their names that that you might feel are close to that, right? So here you, know, you have this, this King Ahab. He does this evil thing. Jezebel does this evil thing. And, and, and God sends the prophet and says, okay, this is what you did. Guess what? You're going to die. The animals are going to eat you. This evil guy rents his clothes, cries out to God and repents, and God has mercy on him. You see this over and over and over in the Bible. Anytime if a person is pliable, and will cry out to God. So, so what am I saying for you? You can't blow it too much. But here's the problem. There's other stories in the Bible when a person went so far with this, they would not repent, and it cost them everything. There are believers that are missing out and losing out because they are not willing to change. Right? So so this is why we're teaching on this. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now look at this, verse 13, but exhort this means to encourage one another daily. Hmm. Come on, Pastor. So, in order to keep us from this. We need each other. And this can't be, hey, I'll see you at church next Sunday. It says daily. So what does that mean? Do you know there's a lot of people in this church that there's relational? They're getting together during the week. They're they're contacting each other all the time. They're encouraging each other daily. You need people in your life that are going to encourage you daily, Right? But exhort, encourage one another daily while it is called today. In other words, if Courtney, if if you're going about your day and you're super busy and all of a sudden, boom, Teresa comes on your heart, I need to text her. Do it today. Drop it. Don't wait till tomorrow because you'll forget. I don't want a show of hands of how many of you have ever forgotten because I'd have to raise my hand too. I have learned you do it now. Just do it. Right? We have to encourage each other daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened. Number two, second time we see that, hardened, lest you become calloused and stubborn. In other words, if you're not encouraging people to remain soft, it could lead you down a path to being callous and hard, right? Right? I hope you see this. We are a gathering faith. We go in and possess our inheritance with our company together. God will never call you to do something for yourself or by yourself. That's just not how it's made. We're we're made in the image of God. Jesus came to give us Zoe life. Zoe life is together. It's never separate. So if you want to be Rambo, guess what? Rambo has a hard life, he's very emotionally wounded, boundary, I mean, he might look really tough, you know, because he works out all the time. On, on the outside, he looks really tough, but if you see him on the inside, he's a mess. Right? No, no, we get everything together. One will put 1,000 to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight, right? Right? Lest any of you be hardened, how are you hardened? Through the deceitfulness of sin. This word deceitfulness means through the d- seducing deception and the seducing delusion of sin. You know, you know a big one right here? You know what a big one is? I can do this. I'm having this trouble in my life. I could overcome this on my own. I don't need anybody else because, you know, I don't really want anybody else to know about this anyway. So I'm just going to do this myself. You're not made to be free yourself. Right? So now let's keep going. For we are made partakers, that means participants of Christ. We're made participants of Christ, darn it. If, if, in other words, we must decide this if we hold or retain the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. See, we're made a participant. But the only way that we will participate is if we do this, if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence, steadfast to the end. I don't know about you, when I played sports, I mean, I am not sitting on the bench. I wanna be in the game. God wants you to be in the game. He wants you to be a participant right so we must hold fast to the end look at this verse 15 while it is said today if you will hear his voice harden this is the third time in 8 verses harden not your hearts as in the day of uh, as in the provocation don't harden that's the second time he specifically says do not harden your hearts like that like the children of israel did in the old testament. and so don't look at it and go well now wait a minute. wait a minute. i'm a new testament spirit filled tongue talking word, you know, double spitting that believer. they didn't even they didn't they were they were not even born again. yeah, but you can be you can remain out just like them. cuz god's warning us. right? for some verse 16 when they had heard "...did provoke, how be it not all that came out of Egypt by Moses." What is it talking about? Well, Joshua and Caleb actually got to go into the promised land, right? "...but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they would not enter into his rest?" but to them that believe not. See, God doesn't pick and choose who he blesses. He encourages over and over and has unlimited mercy. But if you choose to remain, I'm just, this is, don't tell me I gotta do this. I am never doing that. That's a bad place to be, right? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. This word unbelief is a little different. It literally means a refusal to believe and obey. They could not enter in. Is there any cycles in your life? This is what I I mean. I hope this slaps you and just right in your face. Is there any cycles in your life? If there's anybody sitting here going, no, 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 I'm fine. Okay. We need, we need you to keep meditating on this scripture because there are, there are some things in your life, right? I mean, I know for me, I could think of a few, but there's one that God's dealing with me big time. And there's always one, right? Always one. And you're going to see the result of the one. You're going to start seeing a little bit more up in here and a little bit less down in here. Like I went on vacation at a very lean, very lean 297. And now I came back at a very lean 292. My pinky lost some weight. It's awesome. But God is like dealing with me. He's like, listen, hey, that body that, that, that's mine that belongs to me that you're in, get your butt on a treadmill, lift some weights. He hasn't told me to eat Brussels sprouts, but if he does, I will eat them, right? What is your area? And you think, well, that's just, that's just silly, Pastor. No, no, no. No, I don't want to die and go home early. Right? Why? Because, well, you know, being overweight, you could get No, 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 no. No, being disobedient will get you to go home early. Being stiff, not being pliable. And and you know how embarrassing it is to even say that in front of people? Do you know where my embarrassment meter is right now with that? It's on zero. Because I've gotten over myself. Because I don't live my life to please you. I live my life to please him because I'm his. Now, now, but I want to live my life humbly before you to serve you so I could say, follow me as I follow Christ. Does that mean everybody's got to start losing weight? No, 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 no. That's your deal, brother. But I can tell you this, there's, there's an area. It might be unforgiveness. It might be you got to stop saying you can't have what God said he gave you. It might be, you're going to have to get away from some of these friends that keep dragging you in a different place. It might be this, there is a detrimental thought process that is eating your lunch, right? And you got to let it go. You got to let go of the hurt. Now, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but I'm prophesying right now. God wants you free. Yeah. And you don't have to, you see, there is power. There's power from the Holy Ghost, there's an anointing. Power is released to empower you to walk free from everything there's detrimental thought processes that have been put in people from when they were little kids they grew up in poverty and lack they had nothing they were told they were stupid they were told they'd never amount to anything and then a couple things happen and they go right there right you got see god wants you to he wants your borders enlarged amen so let's keep going with this I'm meddling too much with me now, so I got to keep going. It was somebody over here's fault. They said, what's your area? And as soon as you said that, the little oh, Richard, it's Richard's fault. See, that was of the Holy Ghost because, wow, the Lord said, as soon as he said that, tell him. And I'm like, on the inside, I'm going, I don't want to tell him. See, now I'm going to get in I'm going to, I'm going to get. A text from my accountability partner in this church. I want you to send me your cardio calories every day. Right? Thank God that he loves me and there's grace. But he's going to be getting them. All right. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, how be it not, all that came out of Egypt by Moses, with whom he was grieved for 40 years. Look at this. Jump down to verse 18. He, was, he literally was dealing with people that believed not, verse 19, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Chapter four, verse one. Let us therefore fear. That's a little vague in the King James. It literally, that Greek word fear means to be cautious, to be aware, and to be diligent. Let us therefore be very cautious, be very aware, and be very diligent, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. In other words, if you don't want to come short, you're going to have to be cautious, aware, and diligent. In what? Guarding your heart. Right? For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Wow. In other words, God told them, I've given you this land. Yeah, the people there are greater than you. The cities are mightier, but don't worry about that. I have given you the land. So what they should have done is walk around in the wilderness going like this. Man, isn't it awesome? God has given us this land. Father, I, every day, Father, I thank you that that land is ours. What did they do? They walked around murmuring and complaining. 10 spies came back with 10 reasons why they couldn't take the land. All of those reasons, God told them, all, he told them, about all those reasons. And he said, don't worry about those reasons. I've given you this land. But because their speech, they did not mix, they didn't mix it with faith. What does that mean? What am I saying? You need to be walking around. If you're you're believing God for healing, don't walk around going, man, I just wish my hip would work better. I wish my, you know, this, I'm just so tired of being sick and and all these doctors. No, walk around saying What God said he gave you. Father, I thank you. That pain hits your body. Father, I thank you that I'm redeemed. Jesus bore my sickness. He carried this pain. Pain, you got to leave my body. You mix it. Verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest as he said, and then it keeps going. Now, for time's sake, jump down to verse 6. Seeing, therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, they did not enter in because of this unbelief. This Greek word means this obstinate opposition to God's will, this rebellious disobedience, this unpersuadableness. Tony, I'm sick of hearing you talk about healing. I just, I'm not walking in this. Don't talk to me about this financial stuff. I'm sick of hearing all this stuff. Be real careful, because that sounds a lot like an obstinate opposition to God's will. This is what I need in my life. This is what I must have. And it just never, there's no way this is going to happen. Right? What is your area? I don't know. But I know this, as a church family, let's constantly be on alert to encourage each other while it is called today, man, press in. God has a future for you. God has good things for you. You're gonna get through this. You're gonna overcome, right? Because He overcame for you. Amen. Verse seven again, He limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, today, you think it's He's talking about like right now. So, in other words, don't wait till tomorrow. On your way home tonight, take some time before you go to bed. Well, no, you don't understand. i got to wake up early. Well, okay. Ask the Lord if you could go to bed. But if he wants to talk to you for 15 minutes, then you better say yes. Right? Today, if you will hear his voice, harden. Fourth time. Harden not your hearts. Jump down to verse 9. He finishes this thought by saying, there Remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. See, what I'm talking about is rest. What is rest? For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. In other words, this, see, faith is a rest. I'm resting in the finished work of Jesus. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive my freedom from depression and anxiety. I believe I receive my freedom from all addiction. I'm just going to rest. I'm going to cease from trying to make it work myself, and I'm going to trust God. Right? As God did from his, verse 11, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest So you have to labor to enter into rest, don't you? Because circumstances are screaming, this is not working out. And you just got to say, nope, I am not. I'm not picking up that care. I cast that care over on the Lord. That's done. This is what his word says. I believe it. And I'm going to walk this thing out. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Right? lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. This obstinate opposition to God's will, this rebellious disobedience, this unpersuadableness. Don't talk to me about this. I am not that, that we gotta get away from that. Amen? So let me finish up just a few minutes. The word of God is very strongly drawing upon the example of the children of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage, right? The word of God is warning us as New Testament believers not to fall the same way that they fell, right? How are we going to do that? We literally have to encourage one another. We have to keep the word of God in our heart and in our mouth, keep keep our eyes on Jesus, right? And just keep walking. And if you get off the path, just get back on. Because there's always mercy, always mercy. See, what happens to people when you hear a lot for a long time, you could become hardened to it. You come around here for year after year after year, there's some people, you have heard the word of God a lot over a long period of time, and you could become hardened to it. The word is for you. It works. The word of God works. Don't treat it as common. The nature, see, why does God resist the proud? You know, the nature of Satan himself is pride. It's selfishness. It's stubbornness. It's rebellion. It's the devil's nature. Always realize this. Deception and hardness, they go hand in hand. If you're hearing wrong things, and you're looking at wrong things, and you you start to get deceived, there's also a Hardness. Talk to some people about, about Christ. Oh my. Yeah. Right? And there's this deception. The Bible says that when a person... it's It literally says every person who's ever lived is without excuse. They start out knowing that there is a God. Yeah. But the Bible says when they choose... Not to glorify God as God and are not thankful. They're given over to their vain imaginations and their foolish heart is darkened. Right? right. Well, we got to be careful with this stuff. Deception and hardness go hand in hand. And here's the cool thing. And this is, I mean, I've seen it so many times and people, I mean, I've seen people go from hard to saved. Because when a lie is exposed and they open that door just a little bit, man, God comes in and will change their life forever. So the anointing can take care of hardness, right? If you yield to your flesh, you are yielding to defiance. You're yielding to rebellion. That's in your flesh. You're yielding to fear. You're yielding to unbelief. And this will harden your heart slash mind. So we gotta we gotta stay out of that. This is very dangerous. Okay, so we're almost done. You ready? There are situations where people will miss out if they don't make some changes. Because they've been hard-hearted, they've been stubborn. God does not want any of you or myself or anybody watching online he doesn't want anybody to miss out on anything hard-heartedness rebellion stubbornness it brings you to a place of no recovery why because you will not change you 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 gotta guard against this, because you, you could sit here and go, no, no, you know what? I'm, I know I'm dealing with this now, but but someday I'm gonna change. That's dangerous, because you don't want to come to a place where all of a sudden you don't want to change, and you're like, I'll never change, and you start you start pushing. Have you ever had have you ever had Christian brothers or sisters? Just I no longer want to be around you, right? Because I, I'm just I've been hurt. I'm never, I'm never coming through ch- the doors of a church again because I was hurt in church. I don't want a show of hands, but has anybody not been hurt in church? See, the problem with every church is it's full of people. Right? Every good thing that happens in our church is because of people. We love it. Every crazy thing that happens is because of people. That's okay. We're all a work in progress. So we give each other unlimited mercy, and we encourage each other, and we just love each other, Right? That's how we get there. The whole generation of the children of Israel, they died outside the promised land because of this very fact. See, if you are willing to make changes, hindrances can be removed in your life. Burdens can be removed in your life, right? Things that have been held back can come into your life if you're willing to make some changes, torments and things that hold people out can be destroyed by the anointing. Grace can come in, right? Grace can come in. Hearts can be softened and changed, and then that person can walk from where they are to fulfilling the will of God for their life. Isn't it going to be an incredible day for us as we stand by our brothers and sisters at the bema seat of Jesus, the judgment seat of Christ, that reward ceremony. I I mean, I can't wait, right? I'm going to sit there. I'm going to be sitting there weeping when when Jesus looks at Pastor Edwin and Lisa and goes, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful here. This is what I have for you in the future, right? We're going to be rejoicing on that. That's how come, for me as your pastor, I'm going to preach the word. Preach it. Come on. I'm not here for popularity. I'm here because I love you. That's right. And man, I'm telling you, see, here's the thing. Don't ever think some minister's above this because we're all, we're all a work in progress. Right. But we're all going to get there together. I love it. I love this scripture. Proverbs, or I'm sorry, Isaiah 10, 27 and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off, off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing wow so i'm going to close with this scripture and we're going to we're going to talk a lot more about this scripture proverbs 28 verse 13 and verse 14 He that covereth, this this word covereth means he conceals and he hides, his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesses and forsakes, that means leaves and abandons them, shall have mercy. Now does that mean you got to go tell everybody what your sin is? No, 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 him. Him. You go before him. No excuses, Father. I chose this. I was foolish. Guess what? Mercy. He shall receive mercy. Happy is the man, verse 14, that feareth always. But he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. That Literally, that word mischief means evil. So guys we're kicking this thing into high gear. It's August. And this is a year where you and I are to walk in the freedom whereby where Christ has made us free. So we're going to get into some cool stuff. The word of God brings freedom and it brings hope. God loves you and he'll never move from that position and he will always be there for you. You got to remain soft so that you keep inviting him in. Amen.